HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Sarah Kim and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a Cheeselandian because while life is great, cheese makes it better. Go to Cheeselandia.com to learn more. And if it's for you, sign up. Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Julie Resnick, co-founder of The Actual Feed Feed, the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Throughout season four of the Feed Feed podcast, I will be trying to help you solve the daily question that we're all faced with, what's for dinner? Each week, I will be speaking with members of the Feed Feed community who are a constant source of ideas and inspiration and help me to get dinner on my table nearly 365 days a year. Today, I'm joined by a wonderful cook and talented photographer who I've gotten to know over the past several years, Diane Morrissey. Diane's 25-year career in food includes several years in retail operations at both Whole Foods and Citarella grocery stores in and around New York City. And prior to that, a super successful run in the catering space for over a decade. Diane is a mom of six, wife, and amazing daughter who lives in Connecticut. If you're not one of Diane's 183,000 followers on her mouth-watering Instagram page, check her out at Diane Morrissey as you listen to this episode. Welcome to the Feed Feed Podcast, Diane. Oh, it's great to be here, Julie. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So I like to dive right in and get talking about food and family. Um, I'd love if you would start out by just giving us a little bit of background. What was your childhood like? So um, I grew up as one of six as well in Connecticut. I haven't, I, I'm, I live right now a town 20 minutes away from where I grew up. Um, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom and my dad was a teacher and a coach. And uh, my mom also had six kids in 10 years. So very close to um, my time frame. Um, and I grew up, my brothers and sisters were my best friends. And, you know, I, I always said from the time I was little that I wanted a large family because I had such a, you know, a wonderful time growing up. My brothers and sisters are, uh, were still very, very close. So we had a wonderful childhood and, um, yeah, I'm still blessed to have my parents at the age of 88, both of them. And I know that's unusual and gosh, I'm blessed. You really are. Um, that's amazing. You came from a family with six kids. You have six kids. Um, 
Let's talk a little bit about um, growing up in your house. Who cooked? You said your mom was a stay-at-home cook. I mean, a stay-at-home mom. Did she cook or were you guys involved um, as kids as well in the kitchen? No, we were not involved. But yeah, my, my, well, it's funny. My, my, parent, my father's parents uh, came from Italy, immigrated from Italy. My mom's parents Im, uh, immigrated from Belfast, Ireland. So she's 100% Irish. My father's 100% Italian. And my grandmother, my father's, he was an only child. She would have loved for my dad to have married a nice Italian girl <laughs> to be able to cook for him. Uh, because, you know, he was a spoiled only child of an Italian family. Um, and he came home with the the best bet, my mom. And the very first thing she had to do to make my grandmother happy was learn how to cook Italian. And, you know, she did not know how to cook at all. But uh, my grandmother wasn't having it. So, you know, she made <laughs> sure that my mom knew how to how to cook. And so she taught her. Um, and I always say my mom is the sweetest little Irish lass who makes the best pot of sauce. Um, and her meatballs are to die for. And, you know, you'd never know her maiden name was Murphy. But um, so she had to learn how to cook for my father. And she turned out to be a, a tremendous cook. Um so she really was a very traditional mom. You know, we uh, it was important that uh, she cooked three meals and that we sat down to dinner uh, together as a family. You know, I guess it was easier back then and there wasn't all of the activities that the kids are involved in now. So sitting down to a home meal at night wasn't unusual at all. Right. Um, but it's funny, Julie, I always think about it. We had a salad every night with dinner, even if it was just an iceberg salad. Every night we had a salad. So that was my mom's influence. And she was really traditional and uh, made sure that we, you know, always had a great meal. And uh, so I, that's kind of what I've always tried to replicate in my own family. That's great. I love that. Um, yeah. So what what were some of your favorite dishes as a kid that she made that she learned from your grandma? Um, first of all, the basis is a good pot of sauce. And it's funny if people, there's the sauce gravies, you know, uh, uh, debate, uh, we called it sauce. That was what my grandmother called it. So making a pot of sauce was always the, the, you know, the, the major thing that was done every week. Um, but gosh, my mom made great chili. She made, um, chicken cutlets, uh, she made fried fish. There was, you know, um, she made amazing mac and cheese, very traditional. My father would not really allow anything with a brown gravy in the house. So okay. <laughs> there was never really any kind of brown gravy. Everything sort of was based on red sauce or, uh, but always vegetables and, um, you know, always a salad. So I was easy. I don't eat meat anymore. I haven't eaten meat or chicken in 25 years. But back then I did. So, you know, I loved my mother's meatballs. I was a huge fan of meatloaf. She, um, you know, always made meatloaf. And it wasn't anything really, um, you know, fancy. It was basic food, but it was comfort food. And that's what she was really fantastic at. Sounds delicious. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about her sauce um, and, yeah, the, the the sauce gravy debate. But what what did she, did she ever deviate or she had one sauce recipe that she made week after week? Oh, uh, yeah. There was no deviating. It was, <laughs> it, w it was a learned thing. And you know what? It's funny. She, like, she'll tell you now at her tender age of 88, she didn't, she never enjoyed cooking. 
She just did it because she thought she, you know, she uh, was, that was her job. So there was no fun in being creative or changing things up. So once she learned a recipe, that's the recipe that she She made. Oh, for like decades and decades and decades. Um, So her sauce was basic and, you know, like I do a lot of different riffs now on sauces and simple marineras that are quick cooking, but her sauce was done every single Sunday. The pot was on before church on Sunday. It was like clockwork and it took a long time to cook because it was a Sunday sauce and there was a lot of meat involved. Yeah. So that took a long time to to braise. And so every morning, uh, Sunday morning, there was a big pot of sauce on the stove and it always had meatballs. It always had brajol and it always had sausage. Um, and sometimes, you know, there'd be another type of steak or pork chops in there as well. And the pot, I remember the pot she cooked it in was ginormous, <laughs> like the biggest pot. <laughs> it probably smelled that, that the house probably smelled amazing every weekend. I, still, I, I could smell it now. I, yeah. I, I think if I close my eyes, I could smell it. That's great. Um, so let's talk a little bit fast forward to, you know, you're a mom, you now have six kids. Um, did you take the same approach that you learned from your mom? And and also let's talk a little bit, maybe even, you know, before that or in parallel with that, kind of your journey as, as a cook and how yep. you um, came into the kitchen. Yeah. And I, I love telling that story because, um, I think it inspires other people who may not feel experienced in the kitchen. So when I got married, I always baked. When I was young, I loved to bake. I wasn't really a cook. I didn't like to cook because I really didn't have to. Later on, my grandmother came to live with us, my Italian grandmother. And um, boy, she was the best cook I knew. But I always watched her. Uh I always watched my mother and I watched my grandmother. So I know and I have two sisters. They did not watch. So I kind of hold all of the family secrets as far as my grandmother's Italian recipes in my head. Um, and then I've passed them on to my siblings. But um, I watched her and I learned. I could see her making, you know, gnocchi uh, on the board in the kitchen. I could see her making focaccia. I could see her, um, you know, uh, rolling the brajol. I, I could see it because I rem- I just watched her so often. And yep. my mom as well. Um but growing up, I did not cook. I didn't have to. I just baked and I loved to bake. To me, that was really creative. And I was always a creative person. So that was sort of my outlet. Um, so when I got married, I love to tell this story. I, I got married. We went away on our honeymoon. We came back. I didn't know how to cook. The <laughs> The week I got back from my honeymoon, I remember having a dinner party, Julie, and Two other couples were invited over, so six total. And I remember the exact menu because it came from the silver palette cookbooks that I got from my bridal shower that everybody <laughs> got. Everybody got them back in the 90s. And um, I remember the menu. And it was a Friday night dinner party, six people. I had to take the day off of work. <laughs> I mean, I remember being in the kitchen, swear to God, for like, it seemed like 72 hours <laughs> right. preparing. And like, I think about it, like today I could probably do it in like 10 minutes with my eyes closed. Right. So I didn't know what I was doing. And I just learned and I, I loved to, to watch um, or read magazines and cookbooks. And mm-hmm. um, my first daughter was born nine months to the day of my wedding. So oh I, my I got pregnant on my honeymoon and oh my she gosh. was 
Yep, she was born in 93, and the Food Network started in 94. And back then, the Food Network was one half-hour show after another. You're, yep. you're a lot younger, so I don't even know if you remember that. Um, but it was one half-hour show after the other, and I was home with the with my baby, and I remember being enthralled. I, I You thought that it was the second coming. You know, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was watching cooking shows, Um one after another. And right. that's, I'm telling you, that's how I learned how to cook. Um, all those original shows on the Food Network. And um, when my kids, and then I started having a lot of babies. And then when they napped, I watched Food Network and I would print out the recipes and I'd just start cooking. And I taught myself. I was a you know, total self-taught cook. I didn't go to culinary school and I only learned it by doing it as much as I did, you know? Um and so that's how I started to cook. I just taught myself. It's amazing. So many people that I've spoken to have talked about the Food Network and how it, it inspired them in, you know, whether it's a career, you know, as a chef in a kitchen or owning their own restaurant or becoming a recipe developer or even, you know, becoming a, a personality um, on TV. The Food Network definitely inspired so many of us. Um, back back then, it did, and I. But I I often say I feel really badly for maybe the the new moms or the the new cooks or the, the young professionals who are living on their own and starting off. I don't know that there's that much. Um, you know that 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 isn't around. Um, you don't see it as often. Yeah, just basic cooking shows, just basics. Not fancy, no big lofty terms being used just for the, you know, for the for the brand new cook who might not have confidence. Uh, I, I think that that's a big missing piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And that's something that we, you know, are trying to to strive. And even part of the reason why, um, you know, I, I changed the direction of this podcast this particular season, because yeah. so many people that I talk to, that's what they say all the time. Like, how do you figure out what to make for dinner? Yeah. You know, where do, where do I start? Um, so maybe, maybe I'll actually ask you, I mean, you know, fast forward to where you are now, you obviously yeah. have six um, grown children. You've yeah. made thousands and thousands of dinners um, yeah. for them over the years. And like, what, what do you do and what kind of advice do you have for people out there who, who really struggle um with getting, you know, inspired. And then, like you said, I mean, we don't want people to be in the kitchen like you did that day where you threw your first dinner party, you know, for no. 10 hours, no. you know, it's, like you should be able to create something simple, something delicious with fresh ingredients, um, mindful of the number of pots and pans and everything yep. else you're using. So what, what's your approach? I think that, I mean, you know, again, I come from a different place in that I'm, um, I, I do have that experience and, you know, but boy, I, I didn't always. And, um, I think it's important for a lot of home cooks to give themselves a little bit of a break. And I think, uh, you know, my, the, the recipes that I tend to focus on and the recipes that I will put up on my own feed, I know who my audience is. They're, 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 you know, they're not incredibly, most of them, not incredibly experienced. So I don't have a tremendous, if I look at a recipe that has 50 ingredients or, or 30 ingredients, I'm out. I'm already right. out. I yeah. want no part of it. So it's got to be, it's got to be, you know, a, a, a doable recipe with, you know, easily sourced ingredients that the majority of us already have in our pantry. 
So, you know, to to answer you, I think it would, it starts with really having a smart thought out pantry where you're not having to run out the door for the canned tomatoes or the chicken broth or, you know, uh, or or a a good group of 10 basic spices that you should have. And I think, you know, more people talked about what was in their pantry. Uh, I think, um, you know, it would help a lot of people out because that's a lost art you know, stocking your pantry with things that you really could throw together quick, easy meals. I use beans a lot. You know, I have a large family, so I've always cooked on a budget. Um, Now I have a tremendous amount of tuition that we're paying, right? So you're always thinking, (laughs) you're mindful of of budgeting. And um, so that's always in the back of my mind. You know, I'm a smart shopper. Uh, I will, I'll open up a circular and I'll see what's on sale. And if chicken breasts are on sale, I'll go get a bunch and then I have that in my freezer and that's what I'll cook from, you know? So, um, being smart about how you cook and stocking your house with things that, uh, you know, are, 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 are pantry friendly. That's a really good thing. Good way to start as far as having a base of, of things in your house that you could, you know, start from. Yeah. So you mentioned beans. What else? Yeah. So you mentioned chicken. Like let's, let's talk about your pantry. If I was to come over today and open it yeah. up, what would I see in there? So I'm I I'm a huge proponent of canned beans. I love them. I put them in everything, and they're good for you. Again, me not eating meat, it's a great source of protein. Yeah. Um, I love having frozen shrimp in my freezer. I love having frozen filled pastas in my freezer. Um, yeah. Those are really important. I I will always have uh, well spices are important, but I love vinegars and I love different types of types of olive oils. Um, I love the uh, idea of Asian cuisine. So I love to have soy sauces and hoisin and uh, a good, you know, amount of that stuff, sesame oil. Um, But I, you know, I love grains. I love um, lentils. I love to have wheat berries or farro. Um, Mm -hmm. They're inexpensive and they are, you know, they're, they're uh, good pantry items. They last a long time and you can make a, a tremendous, you know, salad with them. Um, so I'll always have different types of rices or different types of grains in my, uh, pantry. That's important. Um, you know, I, I, I have a lot of kids here, so I'll always have cake mixes and brownie mixes because they can do rips. I do a lot of fun rips off of cake mixes and brownie mixes and they're up at two in the morning baking stuff. So, you know, I just always have a good amount of, um, things that are eat. And then of course, dried pasta is important. Um, uh, things to make a really simple soup. I, I, I love frozen vegetables. I always have frozen peas and corn, um, mm-hmm. in my freezer. I think that's important. And then, you know, vegetables that last a long time or carrots and your onions, those are always in my house. I always have apples. So just things that, that are going to last a long time and, and, um, that you can build a lot of things from chicken yeah, sausage absolutely. is a good one. Love that. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you and I have a very similar approach to how we stock our pantries and fridges and freezers and kind of, you know, range from, you know, Italian to Asian to hearty salads and soups. Um, I cook in a really similar way. One thing, you know, when I look at your Instagram feed, I notice is that you often have it in one pan or one pot or one big dish. And it you know, I, I've kind of transitioned to this over the years. Um, 
I, I actually used to always make a salad to start and, you know, I would have, you know, very kind of complicated um, dinner that I would prepare. And I, I think as I got busier um, and the kids got older and, you know, I basically, for me at the end of the day, um, you know, I've been working all day, um, barely stepped outside. I'll look into the pantry or fridge or freezer and say, okay, what am I going to make? And it's like being on a cooking show where I'm, my kids are already asking what's for dinner. And I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know yet. Just give me five yeah. minutes. Like, I, I'll figure it out. I need five minutes. Um, so I, one of the reasons why your feed really inspires me is that I've kind of gravitated more towards like, I'm going to put it all in one place. It's like, I'm going to serve one big dish. There's five of us. Everybody's going to grab a bowl or a plate. Yep. And that that's dinner. Um, so I, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your approach. I mean, I guess, is your Instagram feed indicative of the way that your family is actually eating? Like, are you serving one big platter? Um, yeah. 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 Well, so I, I think you might be referring to something I like to call as family style salads. And yeah. it, it, it kind of stems from what you just mentioned about your kids getting older. So when they were young, you know, you're, you're going to have them all around the table and you have a bowl of chicken and you have a bowl of corn and you have yep. your, you know, your rice, rice or potatoes. And you, yeah, yeah. And you, and you dole out to the kids. So, but now my kids are older, you know, I have, I have kids who are in graduate school. I have kids who are in college. I have high schoolers. And, um, so the, who knows when they're going to come home? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know when they're going to come home. My son tonight won't be home from work till about nine o'clock. And by that time, maybe six of us have already completely eaten and the kitchen's already clean. So I, I, I still cook for all of them. It's just, I'm more mindful of the fact that everyone's schedule is so crazy. So I think a good way that I've learned to deal with that is I do, I make these large plattered salads and uh, type of meals. And and by that, what I mean is like, I'm going to gr grill up a bunch of chicken tonight. I have it already marinating. So uh, that's another thing I try to stay organized and keep an idea of what I'm going to do. So I'm ahead of the game, you know? So, um, and I already have some farro made up. So I'll grill up some chicken. I'll have some farro. I'm going to roast some broccoli. Um, and then I sort of assemble it on a big platter yeah. And I let them, and then it's there. And whenever they come home, you know, it's survival of the fittest who I yell at the <laughs> other ones, don't eat too much. The other ones aren't home yet. So, but that's what it is. They grab what they want. They leave what they don't want. And then somebody else comes home and the platter's there and they pick off of it. And uh, it's just an easy way for me to be able to feed a lot of them at different times. Um, and so it, that's how it's worked for me. And yeah, that is actually how I feel feed them because it's just easy for me to do it. Yeah. And I stress a lot of times when I do it in my stories, people think it's complicated. And I always say it, the last thing it is, is complicated. All it is, is a bunch of components that you've right. assembled together. Um, and that's it. A lot of it, it could even be store-bought, you know, it could be slice up an apple. That's one of your components, you know, chop up some, dice up some cheddar cheese. That's one of your components. It's not difficult. Yeah, absolutely. Use what you've got, you know, lean into what's seasonal. Um, I love you mentioned roasting broccoli. I think roasting veggies is a great way oh, to. It's the best. It's the best. Just the flavors. I mean, it's funny. My mom used to make this steamed broccoli with like a cheese sauce when I was mm -hmm. a kid. And um, 
I, I think as a result of, you know, COVID and lockdown, you know, I mean, I, I started playing music that I listened to as a kid or giving my daughter books that I read as a kid to read yeah, or, um, and then, I, you know, I was like, oh, you know, kind of reevaluate what my mom made growing up. Like she made these really good chicken enchiladas. So I, I started making those and my kids had actually never had, I guess in a restaurant, they thought it was like, restaurant broccoli was steamed broccoli because I've only roasted carrots and broccoli for them. Like they either eat it raw or roasted. Mm. So I made the the steamed broccoli with a cheddar cheese sauce and they were like, what is this? Oh my God, this is restaurant <laughs> broccoli with a cheese sauce. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, your feed now and I'm seeing yeah. images of like mac and cheese, but that also has spinach in it and yeah. chicken chicken and fresh herbs and it's just it's all there in one big pot yeah um and like you said i guess if someone in your family is like i'm not feeling the chicken tonight maybe they just take a little bit more of the mac and cheese you know and the and the veggies that are in there absolutely and it's you know i i am cooking for two vegetarians too um you know myself and and our oldest daughter is also vegetarian so but in that respect i'll have a you know at the beginning of the week i'll make a big pot of lentil soup or minestrone or pasta fazool or something that her and i can eat so that when i do cook my grilled chicken for everybody else we have something now that's That's, funny you said your mom my, my my husband never had he grew up hating asparagus and hating brussels sprouts because his mom like boiled them right and and he was horrified always at the idea of asparagus and brussels sprouts until i started roasting them from him and for him and he thought it was like nirvana yeah he was like where have these been all my life you know you're just roasting them huh it's just different than it's just such a great way to cook veg totally yeah Um, so tell us a little bit about, um, you said you've been a vegetarian for 25 years. Um, mm-hmm. Why did you decide to stop eating meat and fish? No, I, I'm pescatarian officially. Oh, you're pescatarian. I do, yeah. Oh, cool. I, okay, I love fish. I, I okay, adore good. protein, uh, fish and uh, shellfish. So um, when I was little, uh, I tell the story that, you know, um, I had a strict Italian father and um, there was no... I'm not eating what mom puts on the table. <laughs> there, yeah, right. That that there's eat it. There you got two yeah. options. Eat it. Yeah. Well, actually, there's or, one option. Eat it. That's it. Yeah. There was no other option. So it wasn't like I had an option. But when I was little, and my mom would make meat or chicken, I'd always be a little hmm, like I'd. Uh, it just it never sat right with me. But. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't optional. And when I got married, I uh, cooked it for my husband. And I remember like not knowing what I was doing. I remember cooking. Um, I don't know what the heck I cooked. I did. I, I think I did hamburger helper like the first week I was home from my husband. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and I ate it. But I remember when I, I was pregnant right away and um, uh, we, my husband and I were driving home from work. We lived in Fairfield, Connecticut at the time. And I remember we had gone to uh, a place for takeout and chicken was involved. And we were on 95 on our way back to our apartment. And all of a sudden the smell of it, um, I, I said, roll down the window. It was the dead of winter and out go the bags on 95. I apologize (laughs) to anyone who might've been behind me, but that was it. I never touched it again, Julie. So it was always when I was young, it always um, sort of, if I thought about it too much, I didn't want to eat it, but it wasn't an option. And then when I got pregnant, I said, that's it, no more. 
Um, so I haven't eaten uh, meat or chicken since I was pregnant with our first daughter. Yeah. And you wouldn't know that by looking at your feed um, because you know, the, that, chicken, yeah. the chicken that you make, um, the sauces that you make, they all look delicious. And, yeah. um, you know, obviously I haven't, uh, it, it makes sense that you eat fish. I notice a lot of shrimp and a lot Love of it. salmon yeah. um, on your feed. Yeah. Um, I love so, it. Well, I said I don't eat it, but I can cook it better than most. My, <laughs> husband's, my, my husband's an Irishman, you know, he loves meat and potatoes. And, um, you know, my three sons are all, you know, they all work out. So they're big on chicken and beef and protein. So I, of course, I, you know, and basically I cook, I have a lot of people who say, I can't believe you don't eat meat, but you still cook it. And I said, I cook what my family loves to eat. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. I I, yeah. I show love by cooking and I, I want to make them happy. So I cook what they want. So of course I'm going to make meat or chicken. Um, so yeah, they, it, it gets cooked pretty much all the time. Although my family's really used to eating vegetarian stuff. So they're good. They're really just so good. Uh, they'll eat whatever I put in front of them. So whether it has meat or a bunch of beans and lentils, they're, they're fine with it. They're lucky to have you. Um, you. we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. My name is Sarah Kim and I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm a Cheeselandian because while life is great, cheese makes it better. And Wisconsin cheese has proven time and time again to be a delicious expression of craft, hard work, and tradition. As a Cheeselandian, I'm able to share a Gouda experience with fellow cheese and food lovers nationwide, as well as connect with cheese producers and cheesemongers, taking my love of cheese to another level. I invite you to join Cheeselandia because during these difficult times, it has been even more important to take it easy and get cheesy. The Cheeselandia community and events have been the glue helping to keep us together and connected, and I would love it if you would join me. And let's face it, if you hear the word cheese and get a little hungry, then you've found a place you can call home. To find out more about Cheeselandia, go to Cheeselandia.com. All right. So Diane, I wanted to ask you, when did you start your Instagram account? So, um, now it's, it's, it's funny when I worked at Whole Foods, I, I first started working at Whole Foods. I was running their prepared foods department. So those chef cases that you're all familiar with when you walk into the prepared foods department, right? Those yep. chef cases, those were my chef, like my department used to, you know, set those up and Oh, I had such a fun time doing that. And I always used to say, if I, in, in my next life, I'd love to be a, um, a, a food designer. Isn't that funny? Cause I was setting up that chef case and yep. I, I was an art major in college and I've always been creative. So, um, while I was at Whole Foods, I just started cooking and um, baking. And I remember I put up a birthday cake for one of my kids. And uh -huh. it was a personal account. It was just my own personal account. And I put this cake up. It was the first thing I put up. And that was about four years ago. Um, and I just remember seeing that the cake got a lot of likes. And I'm like, oh, that's unusual. So I put something up maybe the next week. Uh, and it got a lot of likes as well. And so I just started posting stuff, you know, food, my food. And uh, and it sort of just grew organically, Julia. It was a mistake. I never intended it to be anything. <laughs> and um, and then, you know, I, I worked in New York City for a long time. And my food uh, Instagram started to get, you know, maybe had a couple of thousand followers. And uh, I had... Um, I was spending a lot of time away from the house and yep. um, 
I, you know, I just wanted to change directions. And, uh, and so I, I decided to leave food retail and, um, and it just sort of turned into something. And I, it, like I said, it never was meant to be, as you know, I got hacked. My account was hacked two years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think at that point I had maybe 25,000 followers and they were all gone and I was done. And my kids encouraged me to start again. And I think, Round two, when I started up again two years ago, I started doing stories. And yeah. I think the Instagram stories is sort of what pushed me up a little bit. And uh, it just has taken off from there. Yeah, I mean, Instagram stories is a great way to get to know someone. You know, you you see their food and, and you, you can learn a lot about someone just by the way they cook and yeah. um, style and photograph and, you know, the flavors and, you know, the approach they take and reading their recipes. But you don't really get to know someone until you see their face and you hear them talking about, you know, whether it's food or just they're having a bad day. I mean, it's a great way to connect with people. Um, Without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's funny because I I think in my my kids used to say, Mom, you need to do stories. And I'm like, who has time for stories? I don't <laughs> know. And so when I, when I started up the account again two years ago with zero followers, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna try it. I'm yeah. just gonna I'm just gonna cook. I don't do anything fancy. I hold my camera. I've become very good at cooking with one hand. You yeah. know, I don't have equipment. I it's just me in my kitchen and um occasionally I'll grab a kid if they're around to have them hold it while I do something that I need two hands, but 99% of the time it's just me. And, um, it's, it's, I, I think the, I, I used to be a teacher also, Julie, I used to teach art to all six of my kids. And I think I have a approach that's, you know, known it's simple, it's easy to understand. And I think it's relatable and I think it, it's not intimidating. Yeah. Um, and I think that is what, the appeal was to a lot of people who are just starting out. And so that's why it's important. I feel like I'm helping a lot of people and and I love that idea. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's yeah. cool about your account too, and, and your approach is that the food is approachable. It's real. It's comforting. It's nourishing. Yeah. It's inviting. And the photography is the same. It has that same style and approach and you're just shooting it on an iPhone. I mean, it's not like That's you right. have, you know, a DSLR yeah. camera or, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you're not doing major edits to the photographs after no. you shoot them. I'm, I'm, from what I know that we've talked about in the past, you like daylight and, yep. um, you know, if it's not a good day to shoot, you, you probably just shoot a different day. It's um, so true. It's everything is about the, the weather. Yeah. <laughs> It, it dictates everything. So it, it, that is true. Um, yeah, I cook, I cook, um, you know, I use what I have to make it work for me. Uh, it's not overly complicated. And I think also I like to tell people, um, I think sometimes some people get so wrapped up in, in, in the recipe. And I always tell them, look, it's more about the technique and not the recipe. So once you know how to make a simple pan sauce after you, you know, grilled or after you seared some chicken breast, you could make any kind of pan sauce, yeah. you know, and once you know how to do that, it's, it's less about the recipe and people get hung up on that. Well, if I don't have, you know, if I don't want to cook with white wine, I say use chicken broth. Well, right. if I don't have parsley, use basil, use okay. what you have. It's okay. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it's so important to let people know that to empower them. And, and that's, you know, when they'll get comfortable is when they feel empowered. 
Absolutely. Um, something else that I wanted to touch on, and it, it's kind of a funny question, which is like, how often do you grocery shop? And like, what would be your recommendation for someone who wants to, you know, stock their pantry, fridge and freezer, make, I don't know, three, I think that's the number for most people. They could say to themselves, okay, I'm going to plan for three dinners this week. Um, is that one trip to the grocery store or Instacart, you know, whatever someone is comfortable using? Um, how, what is your approach to grocery shopping? First of all, I don't, am I in the minority if I say I love grocery shopping? Do you think <laughs> I'm in the minority? You know, I, I used, when I had more time, I also loved grocery shopping and I would go around to multiple stores to get different things. Oh, I like their cheese. I like you're this ab- meat. You're I'm, absolutely right. It's you know, all about time. It's about time. So I yep. think, and I think right now it's also people have shifted because they're not Without as comfortable going into grocery stores as they yep. were in the past. And I think those behaviors will change um, over time and people won't, like, I think that I've now adapted to this new model. I go to the farmer's market on Sundays because I'm lucky enough to live in Los Angeles and we have yeah, awesome sure. farmer's markets. Yeah. Um, and then I order from, you know, Instacart or the local grocer and they deliver my groceries. And I just, I sort of deal with what I get, you know, sometimes they don't have yeah. what I ordered and it's fine. But That's I think right. for most people, you know, they, they need help with planning and organizing. So I'm just curious for you. So you still are, you're grocery shopping a couple times a week. I do. I, I grocery okay. shop a couple of weeks and don't forget, I, I worked at, you know, at grocery stores. So I love a grocery store, but yeah, yeah I do. I, I have two sisters that do use home shopping, you know, they'll order their groceries and get them delivered. Um, and I do that for my parents as well. So yeah. I, I totally get both ways, but, um, I think when it comes to me, I'm, I've always been pretty organized in my approach. The fact of the matter is I, I cook for a family of eight, and often for my two elderly parents, and they're not going anywhere. So right. it's not like I, I have an option not to 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 think about what I'm going to provide them at night or, you know, in the in the fridge. Um, so I'm always I have a running list. I, I, I I'm a big I'm old school. I write things down on pen to paper. I have notebooks. But if I see something like I, I scroll through somebody's Instagram or I look through cookbooks or if I'm in the grocery store and I see the magazines at the checkout, you know, of of the top casseroles. I'll pick it up. I love that. Um, Uh So I'll look and I I have like three different recipes I want to cook next week. I write them down and then I'll I'll write a a basic shopping list for those recipes um, and I'll go and get them. So maybe I'll go to the store twice a week or if not, I would order in twice a week. Um, But I, I have a pretty well stocked pantry. So a lot of these recipes don't require me to buy a whole lot. Maybe it's yeah. the produce or, right. um, if I don't have anything in the freezer, it would be the protein. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of stay on track with, with what I'm, with what I'm going to, you know, another thing I get inspiration from, I love looking at menus. If I, I, I do you ever look at that menus and, and say, Oh, I want to cook that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the, the dishes that, um, 
I make, I, you know, obviously not as much these days because we're not going to restaurants, but mm-hmm. um, absolutely. But you, like you look up online. Yeah. Look them up I, online. That's true. Look, you, look up, yeah. up online. I don't, we're, we're not going out to eat a, a lot either as well, but I still love to look up restaurants uh, in our area and mm-hmm. get, it just gives you ideas. It just, cause everybody gets into a rut. Um, you know, a lot of times, and this comes from being in food retail, I think you, you know, what you're running long on. So if you, if you have like today, I made these lentil cakes, um, because I had made a lentil salad a couple of days ago and had a couple of, you had uh, a couple of cups. Lentils. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do with these lentils? And I figured out a recipe to use those lentils. So, you know, I'm really good about using up what I have, uh, making it work and, um, not wanting to waste anything. Yeah. Love it. So you yeah. mentioned inspiration a couple of times recently. I'm curious, um, you know, in terms of accounts that you follow on Instagram, who are some people that you um, are inspired by? Um, that's a good question. I, you know, again, it's, it's going to be not fussy. Uh, it's going to be real cooking for, uh, real families. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean when I say that, right. Um, it's not overly complicated. Uh, sure. I, I have to tell you, so I got a message from Deb from Smitten Kitchen this, uh, two weeks ago, Julie, and I've always been a ginormous fan of Deb Perlman from Smith yep. Kitchen. Um, in fact, when I used to work in the city at one of the stores downtown, Whole Foods, I used to wait on her at the charcuterie counter. <laughs> and you thought, uh, and we get a lot of a lot of um, celebrities in the New York City Whole Foods. And yep. I don't think there was a bigger celebrity to me than to, to this. And we're talking 2009 when nobody knew who she was. Right. Um, so, I mean, I love Deb. She's, you know, she's, uh, it's just simple cooking and it's a lot of, it's not fussy. Um, right. I, you know, I love to, I like, I mean, I like the pioneer woman. Yep. There's nobody I love more or, or admire more or actually follow more than my girl Ina Garden. Yeah. Um, I just love her cooking. I have every one of her cookbooks when I catered, they are, my cookbooks are torn and tattered because (laughs) I use them so much when I catered and so many of the recipes were hers. Um, and I just love her easy way of non, you know, just, just really easy, uh, cooking. Approachable. Yeah. Approachable. That's the word I was looking for. Totally. So I think Vera um, fucking Tessa, she's, she's one of my biggest. Yeah. It's funny. Um, you mentioned waiting on Deb from Spitten Kitchen. I had a, mm-hmm. a moment where um, I did see Ina, their Contessa at a, oh, a grocery you? store in the That's Hamptons. Right. And I was like, oh my God. And you know, she, she shops at um, the same chicken farm that I go to when, yep. we're, when we're out East. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- those are the people that, um, also inspire me and and I've always looked up to over the it's years. Se- so. It's seasonal. You know, she's seasonal. She, she celebrates what's in season. I love that way of cooking. Um, and so that's why I just totally admire her. Did you approach her when you saw her or no? Yeah. Yeah. I just oh, you her, did? Yeah. I just told her thanks. I mean, she, big smile on her face. She was grocery shopping. So was I, you know, I, yep. it was funny. I saw she kind of looked into, I was holding a basket. I didn't, and I probably had, yeah, I did. I had my son on my on like a hip. So I had like yeah. a, a baby and a bath, a little, you know, gro- grocery basket. Um, cause it was at like a, a local farm stand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just said, you know, thanks. And I think it was right as I was starting the feed feed. So I, I didn't even mention anything about what I was right. doing, but, um, right, right, right. But yeah. Um, 
Well, this has been such a great conversation. I, oh, I, I totally really appreciate agree. you taking the time out. And for anyone listening, um, please check out Diane's Instagram feed at Diane Morrissey. She has great recipes. And as she mentioned, she's on her Instagram stories. And I think one other thing that I, I mean, I know that you um, do such a good job at is is staying in touch with your audience. I know people yeah. are DMing you all the time. Yep. Asking you for tips and advice, or maybe they are having a what they perceive as a fail in the kitchen. And I know that you're you're such um, an active member of the Instagram community, always yeah. helping people that are you know in a bind and and helping them get out of that with um, you know what they should do. Well, I, one one thing I want to say about that, I think that is you know people say, well, you know, how do you grow? How do how do you grow your account? For me, it just I never really thought about growing. Literally, did, never thought about growing my account. It just happened organically, and I think it is for that reason because I do engage my followers. And um, you know, the fact of the matter is, I was lucky. I grew up with a mother who was a wonderful cook and a grandmother who was a wonderful cook, and I have that 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 experience and those memories but a lot of people didn't and don't have that good fortune of those memories and may, whether their mom just didn't cook or they didn't have a mom or uh so I, i'm always aware of that so when people say i love you remind me of gosh i, I my mom or I, I i i take that serious like that means something because yeah. um so i i take the time it's important and i think um you know it's it's helped me so yeah, I, I, I cook from the heart and I think people see that. And that's, you know, that's what it's all about for me. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess going back to that point that I made earlier about your, the food and the recipes and the ingredients being nutritious and hearty and approachable and yeah. nourishing and your photography, I think your engagement with your audience is exactly the same thing. So those three things coming together, um, are what have made you so successful on Instagram, you know, just in the last two years, um, you know, since you relaunched your account. And it's awesome to see you continue to grow. And um, I'm excited to see what's next. Thanks, Julie. I, I appreciate that. And it's been wonderful, you know, getting to know all my friends at the feed feed. And um, gosh, it'd be nice for, for uh, the pandemic to finally end where we could start getting together again at your great place in Brooklyn. I know. I know. I miss if you ever come smiling. Back. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll be back. If you ever be come back. back. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much everyone for listening to learn more about the food and drink discovery platform. That is the feed feed head to the feedfeed.com. Be sure and follow us on Instagram at the feed feed. And don't forget to follow at Diane Morrissey as well. If you have a food story to tell or you want us to interview a blogger, cookbook author, chef, or restaurateur who has helped you solve your daily question of what's for dinner, we'd love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time. The Feed Feed is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? 
Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.